Buenas noches, San Antonio. Welcome to the Puto SAFC podcast. It's Matt here. And Clayton. We are back in the backyard. Back together, reunited. It feels so good. Clayton, how you doing? Man, I am uh, excited for tonight's episode. As, probably as excited as I have been about any traditional Puto SAFC podcast. Yes! Because we're, we're going non-traditional tonight. We are. It's a coronavirus special edition slash the new norm. Is that it's not so special to not have soccer, is it? Um, It's weird. And I I definitely can say that I'm missing it. <laughs> and I understand that it it's with what's going on now in the world is much bigger and more important and serious. But I mean, it is a... I realize what a big chunk of my life that it is. And now that it's gone, you know, like... There's a noticeable piece of me that's not being fulfilled. Like, there's a piece of the pie from the Trivial Pursuit game that I have not gotten yet. You know, with uh, with my Michelle, I consider soccer like my drama, my novella, and she has Netflix shows that she watches, and I'm always like, how do you watch so many shows? And then I'm like, oh, because when I'm watching soccer four hours a day on a weekend, and that leads right into that, tonight's that, episode, Clayton. That's a good parallel, because, like, Michelle watches The Bachelor or The Bachelorette and stuff like that. And I'm like, how can you watch this garbage? <laughs> and Or, like, and she never castigates me for watching, but she say things like, she's th- like, how many games do you think you've watched in your <laughs> lifetime? You know? Like, do you watch, are you like, do I ask you how many episodes of The Bachelor you've watched? No, I mean, it's, I mean, I she's saying it for, for a reason, and, and but... But you see what I'm getting at, though. There's a big chunk of my life that's not that's not being filled right now. Well, shoot, Clayton, you, I'm jumping into it. Is soccer something? Is this making you rethink what soccer means to you and how much of your life it takes up and how emotional you get over it? No, not at all. Or I'm is just, it nothing? I'm just missing it. No, I'm missing it. Like, but is it something? Like this last weekend, during the week, during the week, my body kind of like it's like your body kind of knowing that it's spring break time, you know. And you kind of, so like when I woke up on Saturday and like my hand naturally went to the remote <laughs> control and like went to go check NBC Sports Network, went to go check Fox Sports, Fox Soccer One or whatever it's called, Fox Sports One. And, then, and like there wasn't anything there. And like it was like a, like a old soldier, like going to a, to a limb that's missing. Yeah. Like a, a phantom limb. How about yeah, that? Yeah, but what if it, but I'm asking you. Yeah, if you took that hat off, then you might be like, why did I wear that hat all the time anyway? No, I'm not, you, thinking, I'm not thinking that at all. Ooh, I think a lot of people out there that are talking, there is a little... I think that soccer teams are going to have to come back a little apologetic and win back. Because I heard a good person on the radio say, soccer sports are a habit. And when you get out of the habit, it's real easy not to start up again. Oh, you see, like they're gonna have to try to like woo us back to like try to to, to, to get us get us on the drug again. This you may be a future episode where a lot of people are just saying when they come back they're gonna make changes that they might try and fix address some of the things that have changed and made it not so much about soccer and more about all the other. You're much more educated about that kind of. Stuff. I haven't really. I mean, it's just I've gone kind of cold turkey. I watch Ooh. I watch Sky Sports um, in the morning, like, and but. Are you into the replay games? No, I haven't. No, I no. haven't been doing that. I don't do that. See, so maybe that, maybe I'm not as bad as I think I am. But you know, I, when we were talking about the show, like, I thought that this might be a short-term thing, and we'd just be back at it with USL. I guess we didn't do this, but what's happened since we last talked? And SAFC was in first game, first place after one game. We got one game in. We beat uh, Colorado, the Colorado Springs. No, I'm sorry. We beat uh, Real Monarchs. One yeah. zero Took the on a on a a game that we dominated pretty much the whole game and and we scored one goal and we just we got it done at yeah. home on opening night against the and like and so, and we were really excited about what you were gonna race home from West Texas to try to watch Colorado watch us play Colorado at an odd time that's right and I was all ready to hunker down and then boom gone so first came thirty days suspension of USL today they announced sixty days suspension of USL right. So we got at least another six more weeks minimum with no SAFC. Right. The European Championship, the the Champions League final has been suspended. All the leagues are 
suspended the European Cup this summer. Mexico was playing as late as like last Sunday, I think. Not like this Sunday, but the Spring Sunday break before Sunday. last. Yeah. Yes. But then I saw the president of their league has it has coronavirus and he's not positive he's not a young man yeah so <laughs> i but like they played late and you know and then boom like as soon as like one of their players got sick or something like that they pulled everything off right that's, that's some karma huh yeah another thing that's changed since we last spoke is the european championship <laughs> they got delayed and we're back yeah sorry back. for the interruption that was a random stranger coming in the time of covid a friend at the house uh what were we talking about? The Euro Cup has been delayed till 2021. That's a Debbie Downer. Copa America as well. Yeah, which I guess Gold Cup hasn't announced yet, but <laughs> that's because no one cares. Yeah. If a Gold Cup happens in COVID. Olympics. Olympics. Olympics canceled. There's definitely Olympic soccer. And I was going to be, I was pretty excited about You know what? Um, actually, we would have been watching, um, let's see, today's Wednesday. Monday, we would have been watching the USA versus uh, the Dominican Republic in Olympic qualifying. Ooh. Uh, they would have played Mexico already in the first game. This was their second game, and that would have been Monday evening. It would have been on TV, but nope. Gone. You know, I did the opposite of you. This weekend, the, my first real weekend at home without any soccer, I fired up the last round of Champions League games. And, you had uh, them all? Or, oh, yeah, you, you got them, like, on... On the DVR on or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know the result. I still don't know the scores. I know who was advancing, I think, but I intentionally haven't checked any of the Champions League results. I still have the return leg of Liverpool, and I know it's a good game. Oh, it's, it's, it's insane. But it wouldn't load on Sunday, so the internet was okay. really screwing me. But So I'm, I think a future episode is going to be some top top soccer games to rewatch of all time. I've heard some good ones out there. Ooh. But are we ready to get into tonight's episode? Yes. Why don't you tell the people what we have done, Matthew, or what we thought so, would be fun. So when since we're going to be, you know, cooped up for a bit, whether it's in person or on the phone, we figured we could pick a topic, talk about it. We all got no soccer to watch. There's nothing on TV. I mean, you've seen the streaming. So we're hitting up top five Visual media pieces about or pertaining to soccer. Is that the way I described it? That is Clayton. <laughs> yeah, that's your own words thrown right back at you. All right. The question was, for me to you, well, is this movies? Is this documentaries? Is this reality shows? Is this TV series? And you said, any visual media pertaining or about soccer. And we're going to each throw out five back and forth. You'll say yours, then I'll comment back to it. And we each have five. We got a couple. I got a couple extras in case we overlap some. Are you prepared for this, Clayton? Uh, I'm sticking to my uh, New Year's resolution in that preparedness is I want to be prepared. I have before you right here a full um, legal pad size piece of paper with notes on it. And I put some thought into this. I took some time and went down to the podcast uh Poro SAFC <laughs> podcast pod den and spent some time, some quality time. Good. And well, I know I at least tried to figure out where they're available or where they are produced or something. Cause I did as well. The idea well. here is good that we can tell you these and these are just five of yours and five of mine. And you know what? You, if you have a couple that I've never seen, I'm going to go watch them because I need things to watch and I don't want to go watch some of the things on my provisional list that just sucked. Yeah, I did, I just did five, and I, you know what, I think we're probably going to have five different ones, but I don't know. I'm excited, I'm excited to see what's going on with this, and hey. Salud. Salud. Here we go. Let's yeah. get into it. Go for okay. it. Okay, my first one, I guarantee that you've never heard of. Your first one or your number five? This is my number five. We're All counting right. down. Number five for me is a 1979 movie called Manny's Orphans. Manny's Orphans, and this, and there's going to be very few listeners that have any idea what I'm talking about. Maybe friend of the pod, Dave Stolarski. And uh, so Manny's Orphans is a 1979 soccer version of the Bad News Bears, basically. <laughs> and Bad News Bears came out in 1976. You know, it has the lovable loser, uh, Buttermaker, as the man who takes on the ragtag group of kids and takes them and beats the, and becomes the champions. Hope I didn't ruin the Bad News Bears for anybody. But, so Manny's Orphans, the basic plot is this. Manny teaches and coaches soccer at this prep school, this really nice prep school on the East Coast. And they say, hey, and he's kind of a 
Mr. Buttermaker type figure. The school says, you don't really fit in well here. He goes and he starts to coach a ragtag group of kids uh, at an all-boys orphanage uh, it's in Seton, New Jersey. Uh, short story long, he has a huge gambling debt. And so don't tell us how this ends. Oh, I'm not. Because I'm, I'm going to watch I'm, this. I'm not. But basically, what happened, there's a, a game set up between Manny's orphans and the school that he used to <laughs> the school that he used to coach, and 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 so. Uh, the, but to to erase his gambling debts. Yes, I, exactly. Yes, to erase his <laughs> gambling is, debts. Uh, the Clayton hated it, it's the got story. a little bit of everything. Like the star player turns out to be a girl. Oh you know, boy! Like, so that's similar to prefiguring uh, ladybugs. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, so right. And, and it, that's also kind of the same plot as like from uh, Bad News Bears when yeah. he goes and gets the girl to be the pitcher. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. Um, there's also Warner Roth from the New York Cosmos makes like an appearance in it. And for for people that don't know who Warner Roth was, he was like one of the few Americans that played for the New York Cosmos when they had Pele, Franz Beckenbauer, and he played like for nine years for them. He was like the American player, and he was in a couple of movies relating to soccer and but anyway he's in this movie I remember it it's the first soccer movie that I remember it's the first time me seeing soccer on TV because I was five so this is a TV movie or a movie it was a movie it was one of the movies that HBO back in the day I don't know if a lot of people remember HBO only owned like 10 movies they would play them over and over and over again it wasn't like they premiered a movie every single like you watched uh, you watched Porky's at night. Porky's Just was on every. Correct day. me if I'm wrong. Channel thirty two, or was back, it thirty three? Back when when, when I, it was a big grid like a keyboard, and you pushed the manual there, button. There was each. that. There was there was that, and and then there was also the one that had channel zero through double X. Like, and you, it was one <laughs> dial, and it had like zero to and then A through whatever, and then it did the the letters like twice. But anyway, more Manny's Orphans was one of the movies on. At the like in the in the morning, it was a kid-friendly movie, and I watched it over and over and over again. It had to do with soccer, and the best that I could find is like you got to find a VHS tape. There are VHS tapes out there that are for sale, but it's not on Netflix. There's a thing called Nitro Flare that you could download it off of if you really wanted to see this. And I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't know well it's going to hold up from uh, 1979 Clayton oh. to 2020 Clayton, but. Warner Roth, kind of a ripoff of Bad News Bears, but the very first soccer memory for me as a kid, like over and over again, I watched it. I loved it. It's number five. Do you have it on VHS? I don't. I did at one point in time. I did at one point in time. But I don't know where it is now. Because I have a VHS player in the garage. I I had it. I had uh, Time Bandits. Okay, had, okay, like, okay, okay, okay. Anyway, we're, we're, we're not going, going through Clayton's VHS right, exactly. collection. Please spare me. <laughs> Matthew, you're Matthew. What do you got for us? You would think that we tied in and talked and planned this, Clayton. This universe is a crazy place. My number five movie, Warner Roth is probably in it. It's called Once in a Lifetime. Have you seen it? No, I've never seen Ooh, it. Ooh, it's I a, love this. All right, it's an ESPN. I think it might have been a 30 for 30. These days, you gotta go rent it either on Google, YouTube, Amazon. It's there, three ninety nine. It's a documentary about the original NASL. Mm. Once in a lifetime. So I saw it about eh, five, six years ago when it was probably new or new-ish, and they just took all this footage and they put it together, and it tells a story. It has the interviews about the nineteen sixties and seventies NASL, which was like what prefigured MLS. The the original league of the United States was the NASL. If you're a kid, you don't know it. If you're Dave Stolarski, you probably played in it. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. But I saw it, and it's just fascinating. Did you see the one they did about the football league, about the UFL? The, U, the, U, the um, USFL? Yes. So this is the same thing. Well, I saw the San Antonio Gunslingers play with Rick Neuheisel as their quarterback. All right, this is the same thing, but for the NASL. And Got so it. they show the rise, the greatness where Pele plays in front in the New York Cosmos in Giant Stadium uh, before all the fans, and then the fall when it just goes completely bankrupt. So when I think us being put OSAFC, I wanted to put it as my first one to mention and my number five top movie because it's A, it's really good, and B, if you don't know why... MLS is such sissies and why they don't want to pay anyone and why they're so weird it's because this NASL league just 
shot like Icarus and died, and they're still in the shadow of that. Yeah, and I mean they 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 were playing paying some of the greatest players on the planet that like insane amounts of money. George that, that's, Best, that's Pele, why, yes, Franz I mean, Beckenbauer, Beckham, Beckham before Beckham, you yes. know. The greatest players on the planet were playing in the NASL at one point in time. Probably like a lot of the top five, but when they hit kind of their 30s, yes, right? Yes, they weren't, exactly. This they, was the original retirement league there you go. that MLS is still stuck with, which has a certain amount of truth to it. That is my number five movie, Clayton. I like it. All right. you, oh, we both need to go watch each other's number five. Yeah, look at that. So I, I knew we were going to not have much crossover. Anyway, okay. Um, number four for me, Green Street Hooligans. Green Street Hooligans is a 2005 movie. You can get it on Amazon Prime. Um, it stars Frodo Baggins, uh, <laughs> Elijah Wood, as the kind of everyman American that um, gets kicked out of Harvard because they find some cocaine in his room, and it really belongs to his uh, roommate that pays him off to take the rap. And uh, he takes that money, he goes to England, and he falls in and becomes part of uh, what are called a, what's called a firm, which is a supporters club, and uh, and it's it's about um, the it's West about, Ham Hammers, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, it's the West Ham. It's it's it, their real the name of their real firm is the um, I looked it up and uh, the Inner City Firm, and that's like their and like they're known as one of the roughest. Most and for people that don't know what a firm is, it's a it's a supporters group like yeah. like like the Crocketeers or the what's the name of they're our the other? original soccer thugs right the yes. British hooligans right and and you could you could question whether or not they're really fans of the game <laughs> what what it is is they're uh they're this is ours this is we we will not like this is something we are proud of and we'll fight for it and we'll take you down for it and like it's. It's going back to what soccer kind of originated at is like it's us ver- it's my town versus your town yeah and you know you'll fight for your turf and your territory and stuff like that but anyway um, so he's this American kid that becomes part of this firm and uh, and it's about and the reason it, it, it resonated with me and it's on my list was uh, back in 2005 um, we were starting to get exposed to a lot of soccer over here in the United States like there were multiple channels carrying games. We were really starting to get to know the English game, especially, and stuff like that. I had gone over and seen a few of my games. Um, I have some friends that I visited that are that are not full-on members of these, but know the people that run these firms and took me to some of the pubs. And I saw some, I saw some pretty, some pretty heavy stuff to, to like, to take fandom to a new level. You know what I'm saying? And you can it's argue not whether or not these fandom. people are fans. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, it's a lot having to do with standing your ground, fighting to control turf, you know? And the say, soccer, the movie has more fighting than soccer. Yes, by exactly. A yes, exactly. And, but, um, it's something to explain. It's a great movie to explain Ooh. the history of the game and, like, what it means to other places. A primer in English hooliganism. Right. And, did I, did I, you know what it is? It's um, it's it's kind of the soccer version of Fight Club, uh-huh. like it, the, the, as a movie. You know what I'm saying? It's it's Fight Club with soccer. I like that. And it's about commitment and passion, right? Isn't that really what Fight Club kind of is is about? Like finding passion in life. And a lot of these people that are in these for like they're looking. You know, they're they're regular. They're bankers. They're uh, commitment, they have, passion, or like masculinity and power. Yes. And sure. Raw animal instincts. Sure. Taking control in your life. Animal nature. Letting your inner animal out. Yeah. Taking control and like I'm in control. I'm gonna do this. The one thing you can't control is punching Jimmy in the face. Yes. Exactly. Because you, you can't punch your boss in the face. And and so like it's not the fighting stuff that I that I was, you know, and I and I wasn't. I don't love it because of the glamour, like the way that it's kind of glamorized. And stuff, the commitment and the passion and stuff like that is kind of what is kind of what turned turned me into that movie. All right, I got a response for this one. Yeah, uh, I created, unbeknownst to you, a Clayton's predicted top five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> and I didn't want to tell you because I wanted to hear your reaction on the air. Yeah, that's look. That was uh, you got me. And you, this is only because you successfully reminded me of. My next choice. Okay. And I would have completely forgotten it 
And I was like, oh shit, Clayton knows oh, me. Oh, you're saying I, you're, because you are somewhat predictable, or yes. I predicted something. You reminded me of something that I should have thought of. I thought, well, I know Clayton. Was Green Street Hooligans on the list? Yes, it is right there. What? Bam. Okay. It was predicted number three for you. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've got one so far out of the five. We'll okay. see how many of them I can get. I, I'm, I think I'm going to get, I was thinking I'd get all five. Maybe not all five, but I'm going strong four. Yeah. All right. You ready for my number four? Yeah. It's the one you predicted, so look at us. This fucking universe. I don't even know what the name of it is. I just know it. Yes, you do. I've seen you wear the jersey. That's right. Something about the Ravens or something. Anyway, sorry. Club of Crows, I think, is the English literal translation on Netflix. Club de Cuervos. If listener Sergio or listener Alex are out there listening, they are from Mexico City. This is the best show, Clayton. Did you ever watch one? No, I haven't even tried. Oh. Is it like a telenovela just with soccer? No. Okay. Because Telenova is a crap. It is... It's well done. Here's my notes. How Mexican soccer really works. That's my first point. It's a show about a team and the owner in Mexico in a kind of mid-level city, mid-level team. You can try to poke which team you might think it might be, okay? It's not the big team. It's a medium-level top division team. And the owner dies in the first five minutes of the show. And then the kids take over. So not only is it about soccer, but like in my notes say, it's about class in Mexico. And so you have these rich hijos de papi, these like Alamo Heights entitled children, right? The classic, like my daddy made the business and now he dies and they're forced to take over and they're absolute terrible people. It's kind of like that show Succession. Yes. Right? That's on, that, yes. It's the Mexican soccer version of that. Yes. Okay. And right. it combines the top three things in my world, which is Mexico, hot women, and soccer. <laughs> oh my. Oh my, Clayton. Oh my. Does it, um, is it in Spanish? It is. Okay. All right. But can, I, can I get it in subtitles? Yes, of course. Okay. So, Club de Cuervos. There's three seasons. First season is a 10 out of 10 for me. The second season gets a little weird. And then the third season brings it all home back to 10 out of 10. So, like, up, down, up. Kind of like leftovers, you told me. Yeah. You know, it, the second season's a little weird. But um, if you don't know anything about Mexican soccer, all I'm going to say is our friend Tanner, uh, he lives in Austin, friend of the pod, Tanner. Yep. He had a transaction that was very confidential, and I'm not going to be spoiling it, but he had a transaction going on with some Mexican soccer interests involved, and we were talking about this in October at ACL, and he told me about the situation, and I was like, oh, well, that's because, you know, that club's funded by Narcos, right? And he's like, no. I'm like, you don't. Well, you know, like, the whole reason that they stopped promotion relegation is because these drug lords... Were buying the lower division teams, sinking a ton of money into them to get, almost guarantee their promotion. Money laundering, just like the Emirates right. launders their oil money. And the Russians laundered through Chelsea, right? Sure. And he... Oh, how do you... And it was... Club Cuervos, it's fictional, it's silly, it's sarcastic and ironic. It's like an HBO series, just like Succession, but... It there really, is some truth to it or else it wouldn't be funny like that. Yes, but. it nails things. And when I go to Mexico and I see my good friend who's a Spanish teacher, Louis, not good friend. My friend Luis is a, a Spanish teacher down there and he teaches me. I'll, I bring up the stuff and it's just like it nails the big points. Like, so what about promotion and relegation? Is it really related to narcos? And he's like, yeah, of course. Everyone knows that. It's never in the newspaper. It's never on the news. But it's what everyone knows that no one talks about, you know? So... I think you'd enjoy it. If you give me an hour and you watch it, you tell me what you think of the first episode. The par- the players go out and party with the owner's son, and they're doing all these drugs and all these strippers. It sounds it's it sounds fun. Like there used to be a show on HBO called First and Ten, The Bulls, and like that was a total joke. That's like ballers. And, yeah, there we go. Okay, a lot like ballers. Okay, except with the whole class and. Is it popular in Mexico? That's a good question. You don't know. Uh, it's popular enough that funny you mention it because of your first comment. When I went down there two summers ago, I was looking at the jerseys in my favorite soccer shop in the town I love, Guanajuato, and on the wall they had the jersey of this fictional team, and I was like, stop the press, you've got the Cuervos jersey? And they're like, yeah, of course. So yes, it's popular because they had the jersey for sale in shops. Next to all the Chivas America, it's one of the teams, and it doesn't exist. That connotes to me a certain amount of popular it's like, like I guess like a Mighty Ducks no Mighty Ducks became a team yeah but I know, but they stole their the mascot from the movie I wouldn't be surprised if a, a Cuervos popped up 
it, it would not be out of the realm of possibility interesting. sometime. Interesting. Very interesting. That's my number four. Good one. Yeah, thanks. Um, all right, so next for me, um, I, I thought it had a different name, and I, I when I was looking up and doing research, but it's just the 2019 documentary on Diego Maradona. I thought it was called the Two, Mar- the two Maradonas or the Two Diegos, or what, what did you think it was called? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Die- like Diego in yellow and Maradona in black. Right. When it and when blue. I when I got on um, when I got on Wikipedia to do just some background, it, it didn't say the two Diegos or anything like that. But that's kind of the basic premise of it's a documentary from 2019. <coughs> pardon me. That came out on HBO, and it has tons of they found all this old footage of him that they didn't know existed and stuff and. I, and there's been a million things done on Maradona, yes. And, like, they've, they've been bad and they've been cheesy. And I've, I've seen probably two other movies that weren't good. This is all footage and all news footage. And it centers on his transfer from Barcelona to Napoli. And, um, and let's see, the transfer happened in 1984. He transferred from Barcelona to Napoli. And it's really about his transformation from being just a great soccer player to a legendary figure <laughs> and his time there like um for those that don't know like napoli is in naples is in southern italy and is viewed very negatively by the northern part of italy and traditionally their team was not very good they were battling relegation when maradona showed up he took them from the bottom of the league to being european champions gee clayton Me- meanwhile he's meanwhile he's winning World Cups at the at the same time, and what were you gonna say? Where did they? Where did this bottom feeder club in the poor southern part of Italy find the money to bring in Barcelona's best player? So there, that's an element of his part of this transformation of him from being just a spectacular uh, soccer player and, and a guy from the what do you say paisana or what like little country from the countryside in Argentina to. He starts hanging out with narcos, and he starts hanging out with the mafia, yeah. and and then he becomes this larger than life figure, where he just he he's he's so wrapped up in he's like a, he is like a god to them, like they're painting like Sistine chapels of him, you know. And, and, and don't spoil it, yes, because the twist that you don't realize about Maradona's real life that happens two-thirds of the way through the documentary just makes you go, what? Yeah. Is this reality that really happened? Yeah, he... And it, we're, we're not going to get into... You know what I mean? It, it, Is that fair? Here's the deal. Yes. It's the best piece about him that you could... That I, I don't think you could do it any better. And they and it would it's hard to, to just tell the story about it, but picking that part and portraying it the way and telling the story that there's, there is brilliant. Is brilliant. You got... Yeah. Um, it's like... His Naples years, right? So eighty four to ninety four or something, and I, I loved. I, I think what I've read about this is that Diego is who they portray as. He's actually from Buenos Aires, so the slums. It's like this. Right. The, I'm sorry. This, the favelas. Of, yeah. Of Argentina. Exactly. The ah, I can't remember the word. Barrios. There's a word for it. Anyhow, the Diego is like this soccer player who tries and loves his mom, buys his mom a house is like the sweetest, naivest person on the earth. And Maradona becomes this like ego celeb, today's Instagram Megalo- type person. Megaloman- megalomaniacal. Yeah, guy. and you see him switch back and forth between those personalities. When he's when he's with his family, he's Diego. Yes, there's tons of archive footage of him, like his dad barbecuing, you know, like, and in even the ba- with, and oh, like yeah. after they've won the World Cup. Before, yeah, and they're just the World pa- Cup. They're passing the trophy yeah. around at a backyard barbecue, like playing soccer in the backyard while his dad's like cooking goat on a yeah. like you know and it like just as puro as it can get yeah and then when he goes back to italy it's he's he's someone different he's a yeah. different person you know and and that's what i is it sad or is it a happy story matthew it made me feel better about him to say okay i see how he is a real person he wasn't always that and i only knew the maradona of of later years that was just a kind celeb. of a caricature of himself yeah but like I, I kind of got the same feeling. I thought it was a happy story because that man was on top of the world for an extended period of time. And while he changed, maybe that change allowed him to be that to become that person. 
maybe he wouldn't have become that person. Like, you know, like, line, like Messi, you know, how, like, there's this, always this comparison between Messi and Maradona. Maybe Maradona getting into that life and becoming that way, that's what he had to do to, to be just a win at all costs, take my team to the World Cup, you know, win the European Championships. There's, the, I, I've, I found it to be, to be a happy story. I don't know about the happy ending, but it, I found it fascinating. It explained it explained some things. Good. Well, that was number three on my list yeah. as well. Okay. So I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. Was it on the predicted list? It was definitely not. Okay. All right. Let but I, I did have a twofer for my number three. So I'm going to pivot to my other, which is Maradona in Mexico. Okay. Which I've talked about on the Puro SAFC pod. It's not as good as the Maradona. The documentary is immaculate. But Maradona in Mexico is a Netflix series. It's a little more popcorny. After the World Cup in Russia in 2018, Maradona gets hired to be the coach of Sinaloa's team, the Dorados. And Sinaloa is the head of El Chapo's cartel. Sorry, the town that El Chapo is from. The epicenter of narcos and drugs in Mexico is Sinaloa, and we all know Maradona's thing is drugs. Like a fish to water. Like, yes. a, like, a, like a Dorado to the, uh, to the sea. <laughs> yes, and so it's six or seven episodes. He goes there, he's old, he's a little broken, he has demons, and it's really... I, I really enjoyed it just as a fun nice thing where you see that he's still battling a lot of the same demons and but he has to be around the game and and that he loves it his team and it made me respect him that no he's not a coach who knows how to penetrate the other team's box defense or something but the players just idolize him every player who interacts with him you can tell they just love his personality. And they're hanging on his every word when he can actually speak. And not just because he's, not because he's done things, but because he's like a really warm personality. So it made me say like, "Hey, there's a really nice person there that I didn't, and I never thought that before." So I, I, I enjoyed it. It's not nearly as powerful or interesting as the other one. It's a more fun, more silly crack a beer. Like, wow, look at this stuff. The fact that we both have, you have multiple things, and I have a thing about Maradona means that at least one of them is what it needs to be watched by people that, that, are, Maradona, that are listening to this. HBO documentary is, I I'm, recommend that to any human who I talk to when sports come up, right? Yes, I mean, it's for just sure. good. Yes. Like, Michelle mm-hmm. was wandering around the house, and I'm watching it, and she, like, stopped doing what she's doing and, like, sat down and watched it with me. You there know, you go. Like, this is the same person we just like, how many soccer games do you want? You know? <laughs> she doesn't tolerate much soccer. Yeah. So, All right, Clayton, we're on to your number two. The Damned United. Yep. Got it. You got me. Woo! You got me. You know that I'm the Anglophile. I think we saw that movie together, my friend. Um, so, of course I knew. 2009, uh, The Damned United. You can get it on Amazon Prime. It's got a 92% Rotten Tomato. Like, I wouldn't use that, whatever. But, I mean, those people that are, that are they're not judging it as a soccer movie they're judging it as a movie movie that's a pretty high score right yeah those are not soccer fans right exactly so anyway so the damned united it's hard to it's about brian clough who and about his 44 days as manager at leeds united in 1974 um brian clough is they describe at the end of the movie there's a quote he says the greatest manager that never managed england um he was a club manager and he had this um, rivalry with uh, with a guy named Don Revy, who was appointed England manager from Leeds United when Clough took the job at Leeds United. And their their history goes back to an FA Cup match in 1968 when Brian Clough was managing Derby and Leeds was the best team on the planet. And well, that's arguable, but the best team in England. And Don Revy was the manager, and Don Revy slided. Um, uh, Brian Clough, and they're from the same place in Middlesbrough. They both played for Sunderland. Like he knew who he was, and stuff like that. And that sets the tone for a, an almost Shakespearean tragedy, like a, a story that's about um, it's about like jealousy and betrayal and uh, and the pettiness that that how petty men can be, hmm. and like but toxic masculinity. 
and stuff like that. And um, it's just brilliantly acted. And I don't think it, you need to even care about soccer to find it an interesting story. Well, Clough had led Nottingham Forest to win the European Cup. Yes. Correct? Twice. Which is something I like think. taking the... What's the worst American franchise that exists? I don't know. Like, Winning the Super Bowl twice with the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Right? He, yes. He took this little, small team. If the rest of the world played, played American football. <laughs> small team to the top of England and then to the top of all of Europe. Yes. Twice. And then, as a result, gets the Leeds job when his a-hole friend leaves it, essentially. Yeah. Takes over for the guy that he was trying to prove himself against. Yeah. It's... it's um, it's about self-destruction. It's about like it's just a, it's a it's it's a it's almost a Shakespearean tragedy. Like, Forty-four days. Like can't can't get out of his own way. Like the pride and personal personal demons and personal battles and stuff. Like like seeing brilliance kind of uh, topple over and crumble. It's but, good enough. I wanted to read the book. Yes, and I will say the family, the fa- the they they the the book is largely fictional. And the family was did not support it, and did not um, did not uh, condone it, and did not sanction it, and stuff like that. And his son is a manager. His son manages in the English Championship, I believe, mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember for who. Yeah. But it's just it's a it's a it's a great it's a well acted movie. Like two or three of the actors got nominated for the British version. I think they're called BAFTAs or something like that. Like the their version of the Oscars and stuff I mean, like that. It's, it's a great movie. If if you want to save money and not go on a two week vacation to the British seaside towns, yeah, you can just watch the yeah. Damned United. Yeah, and with COVID, you can't do that. So no, so we're giving it to you now. Puts we're, you we're, in a place, right? Yeah, we're gonna. There you go. And it's a it's a timepiece, right. you know, as well. Very much. Good, good point. It's like a BB, like a masterpiece, where you're in that town in that year. Yeah, living that life. Like if you watch Peaky Blinders and you see what amazing like period piece that they do with the costumes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. All that it's it's the whole package. Oh, some some like bell bottom suits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like yes, a little bit of that. Shaggy hair. Yes, for sure. And the soccer gear, like the real tight, <laughs> the real tight short shorts, you know, and like the long sleeve long sleeve jerseys, yes. and like the wool jerseys and yes. stuff. It's quality stuff, all the way through. All right, Matthew, what you got? Good, well done. I've seen it, and I also recommend it. I knew it would be on your list, so it wasn't on mine because I knew it would be on yours. <laughs> so extra had predictable, to be. had Pre- to be predictable to the point that no, it's one of the the great soccer movies. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, and it's a great movie related to soccer. There you go. Uh, mine, I believe you've seen, and I believe you will also highly recommend the two Escobars. Yep. Good enough that. I know some world history and world geography people who show this in the classroom. Really? It, yeah, it's a 30 for 30 from ESPN. So if you have ESPN subscription, go find it. I think those are all on one of the streaming services. One ninety nine on the internet, I know that. Two Escobars, it's about Pablo Escobar, the drug lord. We all know Narcos is based on Pablo Escobar, the biggest drug lord there ever was, probably. At that same time, in Colombia, you've got Andres Escobar, who played on the World Cup team of 1994, famously scores an own goal against the USA, goes home, and is dead within a month. The documentary shows the rise of both of their lives parallel in the same country. And just like Mexico with my other documentary, my documentary and my show, Drug Money was highly involved in the Colombian soccer scene. So they weren't strangers, they weren't friends. But they are in the same universe, and it just charts the whole thing leading up to the death. Man. Like, some of those, like, Colombian players would were filmed and would go to, like, his, uh, to Pablo Escobar's uh, encampment or whatever you want, his yeah. stronghold, and, like, would play pickup games with him. They played a match, right? Where yes. Pablo was in the match. Yes. Like, a, friend, a friendly, where he paid them all... X dollars to show up and play yeah, with him. Yeah, so like Carlos Valderrama yeah. is like knocking it around while there's hippos like running around through the Colombian jungle. Yep, yeah. and you can't make this stuff up. No, you cannot. Uh-uh. <laughs> and it is tragic. It is, it is, it is, it is tragic, but, but it's got it like the World Cup was in the United States for the first time. Like people were first being, ex- a lot of people in the United States were that was their first exposure what? to soccer. And, how and many, like, how they're many like, times? wait, what? Somebody just got shot because, yes. like, what? To this day, 
Like when you meet a soccer hater or a person who says, oh, I don't like, I don't watch much soccer. One of the few things they know about soccer is like, oh, people get shot over that. Yes! And it turns out it probably wasn't about the goal. Oops, spoiler alert. But maybe you would have guessed that. that he didn't get shot upon arrival at the airport. No. It, There's it, a lot more going on. That's like a guy from Iraq dying during that Iraq war. He was war. at a bar where there was like, you know. Narcos. And, and things happened like all the time at that yes. bar. It wasn't like a, he was specifically targeted just for that own gold. Like you said, as soon as he got off the airplane and they took him out back and then like, you know, and then rode his head around on a pike, you know, like through the streets well, of Columbia. I'm going to name check a non-friend of the pod, like Steve from Electra knows that guy got shot because he scored an own goal. Yeah. And it's like, well, uh, well, you know, actually, Steve, there's a lot more going on. But sure, if that's what's cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes soccer sexy to you, do it. Yeah, it's a it's a good watch. Like, Would you put it in must-watch? Um. I mean, I've, you, se- I've seen it multiple times. Would you recommend it to Michelle? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think she did watch part of it with me too, because she was like, she was like, "Wait, what happened?" And then like stopped. You know, she's like, like "He got shot because of an own goal." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what is going? Are you, are you kidding me? So this is one that if you're the soccer lover in your relationship, you can sell to your significant other as like, well, it's not just about soccer. Like, soccer is just going on in the background. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. It's a vehicle. It's a vehicle for telling a crazy story. Yeah, agreed. So, so you're number one on your list. Ever in doubt? Victory. Yeah. Victory. It's ne- ne- never going to be in doubt. I mean, uh, don't you remember everybody trying to do the rainbow? After yes. Osvaldo Ardiles, uh, Argentinian player that played for Newcastle, I believe, was a new, uh, like, when they're doing the slow motion and, all right, let me just, all right. Uh, Victory. It's a 1981 <laughs> movie. I thought you on, were going to anglicize it and say Escape to Victory, but you're calling it Victory. I'm calling it Victory. Okay. I knew it as Victory when I watched it uh, probably ten times within one month. Uh, <laughs> when I would have uh, when we'd have sleepovers and uh, slumber parties, we would watch Victory. Is this in the VHS collection? Yeah. yeah. Y- yes. Yes, it is. Predictively. Yes. I have it, or my brother has it, one or the other. <laughs> and um, so basic, basic plot is this. Uh, during World War II, there's a POW camp, and uh, as a matter as a matter of propaganda, the uh, German government is going to stage a, um, a soccer match between these POWs that are from all over the world and uh, the German national team, and they're going to play. They play in Paris, and it's a way for the Germans to show how dominant they are and how great they are and stuff. Meanwhile, the Amer- the the POWs, led by Sylvester Stallone as the goalie. Uh, are planning their escape through the uh, underground, and uh, it's not a great movie. Although it's, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a great piece of propaganda. Like the American leading the way is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin it for you at the end. They escape and they win, but um, it's got a lot of that campy '80s humor. Yes, to it. and well, it's, it doesn't have a lot of humor, but it's like it's like. Uh, like Red Dawn or any of these yes. like us versus the world, you know, American exceptionalism, uh, that kind of stuff. Like, and here's here's another reason. To talk. So I was an American studies major in college, and we had this thing called comprehensive exams. And at the end of your senior year, you take three days worth of tests, like centered around your major. And one of the questions was talk about American exceptionalism and the notion of ex- American exceptionalism and you're supposed to write like a whole blue book like answer about what you've learned over four years and you know talk about that and I somehow worked victory into yeah. my comprehensive exam yeah. and like how it's kind of like you know the Americans leading the way like there's the scene down at the bottom where they're getting ready to escape and all there's like we follow you. We can't. If 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 you go, then we'll all go. But if you, but we can't go back unless you come back with us. You're the goalie. You're gonna save us. And like, it's it, it's this, you know, myth, mythological view of, of American exceptionalism. And but that's not why I fell in love with the movie as a kid. It's because Pele takes the chalk from Michael Caine, and when they're trying to design their. Uh, how they're gonna attack the Germans? He goes, "Oh, it's easy, coach. You give me the ball. I do <laughs> these, 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 these. Good." And the, <laughs> one of my favorite lines in all of movies. You're gonna like this. Today, during my research, I learned that 
the scene where Pele jukes Stallone yeah. is actually improv, a real thing that happens. Oh, my god. That was not... And Stallone really was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it is... And it's got it's got some of the world's best players at the time as not extras, but they they comprise the POWs. So there's very little acting that they do. But once they're on the side, the soccer choreography is absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Isn't it? Of all the movies that we've talked about, like fictional movies, by far the best like actual choreography. And you know who the captain of the German team is? Bauman, Warner Roth. <laughs> that I t- I'm tying back to Manny's orphans. Oh, there you Look go. Look at that. Look how, at how that. You like how it comes full circle. Your favorite American. Woo! Warner Roth. Baby! <laughs> You're going to not want to be my friend anymore. Uh, I don't think I've seen it all the way through. Oh, my God, Matthew. I've seen parts, but it's so bad. It's not a great movie. It's, it's so not, bad. It is like, it's not a great movie like The Day like, of United. But it's my movie. You it's watch my, that with it's from my period, my time period where I was forming a soccer, like it's consciousness. Like, it's like Rocky Three. I mean, we were all out on the field trying to do the rainbow after we after we saw that yeah. In slow motion. Yeah, you know. I I want to go back and watch it because I know you love it. So all right, please do. And as a matter of fact, um, where is it streaming? Um, oh, it's on. If you just have HBO, it's on HBO. Uh, on one of the HBOs, or no, one of the every morning at ten thirty, three a.m. at three a.m. You can watch, you can you can record it on your DVR tonight. Anybody listening, go record Victory and do yourself a favor and watch it. Don't listen to Matthew. <laughs> no, I said I want to watch it. Okay, because I've never watched it all the way through. Ah. Legendary. Yep. Uh, okay. And the music, our opening music tonight was the theme from Victory right there. I mean, I think it's a Bill Conti like. Uh, who's a famous uh, composer? It's moving, and, and it also has the French national anthem. Like anyway, yeah. it's it. The music is spectacular as well. Oh, I like the little dig at the French there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you okay. ready for my kicker? Yeah, what you got? Mine might be a little short or a little extra. Long. I don't know. My number one soccer movie. It's actually kind of a dig. It's called United Passions. Clayton, what? have you heard of that? No, I have. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is a 2018 movie, funded by FIFA. The budget was $25 million. What? It's the story of FIFA. United Passions. Oh, my God. It, it's thermometer is like 9%. <laughs> I've never seen it, all right? And then about two days ago, a soccer podcast I love, so I'm plugging it. Total Soccer Show. Like, we all have time at home these days. Total Soccer Show. Great dudes. Really funny. It's what gave me the idea for this whole podcast was listening to this podcast. They said, we've never seen it. Let's watch it. And they, oh, ever... they did like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 with it or something? <sighs> they did a recap. I wish it had been Mystery Science Theater. They did a fat check recap, and they are just unanimously like, oh, my God. I've never heard, seen, heard things like this, and it's true. Like, pause it to see how much time is left. Pause it to get another. Just pause it for any reason. It's the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> My note, worst movie I've ever seen. It, so you went and it, watched it after they watched it. It grossed $900 in the USA. Oh, my God. In Arizona, it earned $9 on opening day. $9, So w- one person went to go see <laughs> $9 it. $9 in to the state of Arizona. One person. Yes. And it, what's fascinating about it, it's like the original... His last name was uh, Seb Blatter. Not Seb Blatter. The, guy, the one guy that went to go see it in Arizona. Right. <laughs> The, the first FIFA gets started, it's a joke, and then FIFA gets its first president, and it's so bizarre, and then they get Havelange, a Brazilian president, and then comes Set Blatter. The movie came out like a week after Blatter got arrested, huh. and so it's all this glorification of Set Blatter that he literally paid $25 million. It's got Tim... It was a propaganda piece for him, because like maybe he knew this was coming. Tim Roth... Yes. Whoa, Tim Roth. That, that that's a yes. famous actor. Plays Set Blatter. <laughs> and then who's the guy in Peaky Blinders? Uh, Killian Murphy. No, Sam Elliott. Oh yeah. Sam Elliott plays Joel Havelange, FIFA president, before Set Blatter. It is so bad. I can't recommend it as a movie. It is awful and terrible, but it's worth it to see the worst fucking movie that's ever been made. So that, um. that's me just kind of going meta and saying. It's good because it's bad. Let me let me guess. Does it have like um, 
does, does it like he gives himself credit for uh, like stopping the war and in, in the Ivory Coast like during the uh, during the World Cup that kind of stuff? I guess like he's almost like a superhero. No, I guess the climate the climax is that Africa gets a World Cup and and Sep is this like protector of the people. Picture of him with like Nelson Mandela. Yes, that's totally in it. Yeah. But it's actually Tim Roth with an actor playing yeah. Nelson Mandela. <laughs> not, can you believe Tim Roth plays that fat piece of crap? That's crazy. It's so bad. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> if you would take the hour, but the, the podcast is worth the hour of your time okay. to listen to them bitch about it for an hour to just that be would like, probably oh be, my that God. That would probably be entertaining. The way that they make FIFA is like they're all drunk in the room and they're like... And like they've done like fact-checking like the way that like John Oliver does fact-checking yes, like yes. when people... Yeah. It's... Boy. Oh, boy. Clayton, I have a free kick. Do you have a free kick? Um, I have a free kick, but it's not related to soccer, but it kind of is actually. But yeah, go ahead. You go and then... Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, our sponsor, as always... What? Tell us about our sponsor, Clayton. Trevino Tile. Who's um, that? Who, during this uh, stay-at-home stuff... They are not staying at home. Uh, Trevino Tile is still working, providing all your tile needs, and uh, they've got people taking care of uh, tiling needs around the city, even as we speak, probably. Wearing gloves, staying six feet away, all those things. But you know what? They're trying to make your home a better place. Or business. Local business, man. Yeah. Got to support it. Support local business, for sure. Otherwise, nobody's going to have anything. Trevino Tile. All right. Well, my free kit, Clayton... Tell, tell me about it. It's kind of related to that United Passions. That's why I kind of did that. But uh, it's called the English Game. Have you heard of it? Yes. Have you watched any of it? I read a review of it in the Express. So these Total Soccer guys are doing an episode-by-episode review of it, and that's why I'm nominating it. It's called the English Game. It's a Netflix series. It came out this week. Seven episodes about the original foundation of soccer and the FA in England. And I'm not the Anglophile of the group, so I don't know much about this. And it's basically playing off the different figures who started the first league, games, cups, rules, regulation and, of and this how game. It went from a gentleman's game to kind of a working man's game. That's it. And the first the first professional the first kind of tracking the first people, like they hired a guy to come work at the factory. Yep. And then paid him just to play on the team essentially. It echoes the Simpsons All Star Baseball game yeah. episode with Daryl Strawberry. Baseball. <laughs> Mattingly, cut off those sideburns. Yeah. yeah. And I Strawberry, watched... you're on the bench, but coach, I'm eight for eight with <laughs> six, seven home runs. Yeah, I watched the first episode, and it's like a BBC drama with soccer and the foundation of soccer. And then the Total Soccer Show is doing the same thing about uh, what they get right, what they get wrong. And they said, you know, how to, this player actually played at that club, and the real life story of these dudes. And uh, it's a thing I know nothing about, and it's it's the founding of this sport. I don't know if you know this, Clayton, but my thesis was about the, the original rules and founding of football since... Wow, look at you. Look it's at a, you writing that thesis and then me... Gentleman's sport. Yeah, talking about American exceptionalism and victory. Well, when there's no... We were, we, were, we were destined to do this podcast, Matthew. When there's no new things happening in the world, you revert to the things in the past. And here we are, talking about our pasts. Yeah. So, you know, football's an Ivy League creation, and so that's what led me to that. I got gotcha. you. And this is the founding of the game, the beautiful game. I see what you're saying. That That's mine. Cool. So I don't recommend it to your to Michelle, but to you I do. Yeah, I'll I I I saw it and there was a little picture <laughs> of like this giant guy like wearing this old timey clothes, dribbling at these dudes while these other guys in these you know frumpy suits were standing around watching. And I was like, it looks kind of cheesy, <laughs> but I mean, it is like, kind of cheesy. Yeah, but like. I mean, I need to understand this, what else right? Are you, you know doing? what I'm saying? Like, got some free time, Clayton? Sure, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. So my, um, so I've been missing. Soccer is the only real working out that I do, and uh, and I haven't been able to play for the last couple of weeks. The uh, San Antonio Soccer Association has not had not had games, and uh, Mankey Soccer, my my other outlet to play, we we haven't been. The weather was part of the reason. But then also we I haven't played the last couple of weeks doing that. But I went and played disc golf today and got a real good workout of it, workout out of it. And one of these days when my body breaks down and I can't play the game that I love anymore, I think disc golf is gonna be my is gonna be my outlet. And 
So this isn't really a soccer-related free kick, but it kind of is because I've had to turn to something else because I haven't been able to do what I've done since I was four years old. I haven't done I started playing soccer when I was four. I'm 45 now. And, I mean, at some point in time, I'm not going to be able to play anymore. And right now, I haven't been able to play. This is kind of a foreshadowing of what's what's going to happen. And it's I've kind of had a little depression, I think, over not yeah. being able to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, so... It's something I'm, and I, I'm people all across the country and all across the world. I'm sure are having to deal like they all have their soccer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so you're having to to figure something out. And so that's well kinda, said. That's kind of where I. That's kind of where I am. Well, you know, two of the Mankey squirrels are 70 and 71, including listener Henry and listener Dave. Yeah. So I'm. They're giving like every month or so. We remind I or someone else always is like, you just give me hope that when I'm seventy, I can play. Man. Yeah. So, no. I mean, I exactly. I mean, I hope around. that I can keep playing forever. But I know that there's an inevitable stopping point. You know what I'm saying? Yeesh. There's going to be a stopping point at some point. And so this kind of what's going on right now has kind of made me my own soccer mortality. You oh. know, like my my own. Life I've, after I've come, soccer? Yeah, I've come to grips with my own soccer mortality. Because you've been playing on the International Legends. Yes, I've been playing for... with the same club team since I came back from college. So I'm Before 45. that? Yes, I played with them when I would come back during the summer, yeah. yeah. And did you play with them in high school? Uh, I mean, I was on the original, like, there was a member of, of International, and he started a club, and they were called oh. International. I played with, like, the, the first, like offshoot kids you know like of, of the men's cl- of the men's club oh okay yeah so but anyway yes i mean 30 I'm, years or, or no 25 years or something yes i've had i've looked at a schedule and seen international either in high school or during my entire adult life that's a long time yeah i know see they've outlasted a wife no this isn't like <laughs> yes they're you know <laughs> they've always been there for you yeah so in it, so somewhat related to soccer, that's uh, that's my that's that's what I got. That's a good one. Yeah. Maybe uh, someday we'll have a a disc golf podcast too, Clayton. Maybe we'll <laughs> we'll see. I I doubt it. I was, doubt I could ever. Was that mean? That was meant to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to tell you not to do it. I was just being silly. So what do you? So what 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 do you foresee us talking about next, Matthew? If we uh, to give the listeners a preview. If oh, we always do next week. Duh, yeah. we went out. Of, I want to do next week uh, top five soccer books. Okay, that's what I want to do. I don't know if I've read five soccer books. Well, but you know what? I could, I there's stuff that I can look into, and I, I probably have. Well, crap. Then top soccer books, and we won't yeah. put a number on it. I, my proposal, and it was a little far fetched, was uh, top five players that if you were stuck in like an apocalypse type a scenario who you would want like in your warring in, in your pack like in your in your bunker with you like five players like would you agree to alive this? or dead alive or dead would you agree to this deal i propose the following first listener who makes it this far in the episode hears this conversation and contacts you or me in any medium be it smoke signals letter phone call text facebook and says either Apocalypse Team, Apocalypse Top 5, or Top 5 Books, we go with that person. Boom. Done. Done. Tell them how they can get in touch with us. Kathy Amen will get in touch with us. <laughs> and she's a librarian, so I'm saying Kathy's going to go books. All right. We'll but if, see. J- if James or Willie listens, it's definitely Apocalypse Guys. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, shoot. I mean, they all know. Just look at the business card, bro. Yeah, we don't need Facebook, to Facebook, Twitter. No, don't do the Twitter, because I don't Twitter anymore. This COVID, like, life's too short for Twitter, man. I got you. Uh, call, respond to the text I send out, or put a comment somewhere. Put it on the. Can you comment on Facebook? We'll get that. Yeah, yeah. If if you guys have any movies or any soccer oh, visual like you that, yeah, that you've like Ooh. that you love or you think should have been part of our list or you just want to let us know about that maybe we don't know about, please share it. Ooh, where? How? What do we? Man, you need to. Do, <laughs> you, you need to let them know about this. You know, you're my tech guy. Oh man, yeah, that's a good one. We could do a Facebook poll. Sure. What's your favorite? Just top. What's your favorite? And then that whole do it visual representation medium thing we said. It's 10.04 p.m. That's a great hour of listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next week, Clayton. Yes, sir. Without touching your hand. Please exit my house without touching any metallic objects. I'm on it. I'm All on right. it. Good night.